If you'd like to follow along, turn your Bibles to Isaiah uh, chapter 43. I'm going to just speak to you prophetically about Church of Living Water this morning, and I feel like I need to do that because there has been some promises of God that have been expressed over us, and the Bible says uh, and teaches us that it is our word that becomes creative. So when God promises, then we have to declare his promises. And so I'm bringing to you today the promises of God that he has spoken over us, in in context uh, with the scripture and uh, to to just build your faith and give you a a place to set your hope as a body of believers for what God is doing in us and through us in in the weeks and months and years ahead. Amen. There was an expression, a a prophetic expression that I uh, was not in the room for, but I overheard where the Lord uh, said uh, that this is a new day. This is a new day. In, in the things of God, this is a new day. And so in order for us to step into a new day, we have to put away the old day. Some of you believe that. So Isaiah 43 and 16 says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea and a path Uh, through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horsemen and the armies and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again. It's when he buried Pharaoh's army in the sea. And they laid there never to rise again, extinguishing, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. What God was saying to them was forget your captivity. Forget the difficulty that's behind you. Does that mean that there won't be any difficulty ahead of you? No. But he's telling you this morning, church, forget what is behind you. Don't be the kind of individuals that say, as we move forward in the things of God, and as God works out uh, new environments and fresh works of the Spirit in this place, do not say we've never done it that way before. Forget the things that are behind you in the context that that throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament, we see when Jesus worked mighty works among the people, he seldom did anything the same way twice. Because if he had, for instance, when he healed blind several times throughout the New Testament, if he had done it the same way every time, someone would have written a book on six steps to healing the blind. And he does not want us relying upon our own thinking and relying upon our history and relying upon our past and relying upon the way that we used to do things when he wants to do a new thing among us. He wants to do a fresh work among us, and we are going to let him. And the way that we let him is the first thing that we do is we forget the former things. Just put them down. Do not dwell on the past. Listen to that instruction from the Lord. Don't dwell on the past. Does that that mean that you and I don't have things from our past to sort out? Absolutely not. 
Does that mean that we throw the past down and we ignore the scriptures that say confess your faults to one another so that you may be healed? Absolutely not. What he's saying is I'm healing those places of brokenness. I'm healing those places of frustration. I want you to lay them down and I want you to move ahead and I don't want to hang your fu- I don't want you hanging your future success on your broken past. He said he was saying to Israel, I don't want you to hang on the the future things that are going to happen in the land of promise on your past enslavement, on your past uh, history of abuse, on your past uh, seasons of lack. I don't want you hanging your future on those things. I brought you out of those things. So he says, I want you to forget the former things. What I'm saying to you this morning is, is in your life, that may be a process. That may not be an event. There may be a process associated with you forgetting former things that starts with the willingness to put former things behind you. For example, in the scripture, when the Bible says, uh, it instructs us to forgive and forget, how many have ever just forgotten the bad things that anyone did to you? It's not that your natural mind forgets that those things happen. It's that you find within your walk with Lord and with the Lord and in the grace that he pours out on you, the ability to not let those things destroy tomorrow. You forgive and you turn from it and you say, I'm not hanging my hat on that. So he says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Verse 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Church of living water, I declare to you, I prophesy over you this morning that God has said to us, I am doing a new thing. I am not doing things the way that I've done them before, although God never changes, but he's so multifaceted that there's so much of him that we have yet to see, and he wants to bring expressions of himself in those facets that we have yet to look into. So he says, I'm bringing you to a new season. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I want to talk to you a little bit about the word now because this is, a, this is an area where God has spoken really a great correction to the body of Christ at large, not just to Church of Living Water, but to believers everywhere. God has spoken a, a now word, and he has said this. And listen, I'm just going to prophesy this to you the way that he said it in my spirit. Do not ever say again in all of your days on the earth that God is going to move. God is moving. Do not ever let it be your terminology that God is going to do something. Because as long as we live in the hope or in the, in the wish or whatever that looks like in our own mind, that God is going to do something, we never become responsible to respond in the moment to what he is doing right now. And God is moving in our midst. 
God is moving among his people, not just in this house, but across this nation and around the world, and we partner with him in what he's doing in the earth. We agree that God is moving, and we will move with him. The, the cloud is moving, if you please. If you'd like to take that analogy, the, the pillar of fire by night is moving. God is moving among us and in our midst and working among us, and we embrace what he is doing, and no longer will we say God is going to do this great thing. In fact, in many ways, God is saying, I'm already moving. When are you going to move with me? One of the things that happened in the history of Israel was the Bible said that when they came out of Egypt, when they left their captivity, that God had removed from them all of their feebleness and all of their weakness and all of their sickness. The Bible says there was none feeble among them. And the Lord has shown me that the work that he's doing among us right now is a work of strengthening for the days that are ahead, for the assignments that are ahead. He is taking away our feeble thinking. He is taking away our feeble behaviors, our feeble-mindedness, if you please. He is healing us of all of our regrets and all of our sorrows and all of our... He's wiping tears away. He's not waiting till we get over there to wipe tears away. He's wiping tears away. He's removing reproaches so that as we move ahead, there's none feeble. That your walk with God is established and you stand on a firm foundation. So he says, see that I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? In other words, he's asking, are you going to be the individual that continues to say, well, God's going to do something. You never know what he's going to do. Or are you going to perceive it and say, God is moving among his people, and I'm one of his people. That's what he said to them. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I want to submit to you, Church of Living Water, that you, the Bible says, and I don't want to go back to Ezekiel and re-preach this. We'll do this another time. But the Bible says that there's a river that flows from under the throne of God, and where that river flows, that everything will live where the river flows. And that is how God named us as a church. I submit to you this morning that you are streams in the wasteland. That you as a people of God are, are away in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The apostle said it this way in Philippians. He said, forgetting those things that are behind me. Forgetting those things that are behind me, dealing with my stuff and laying it down, forgetting the things that are behind me, I press toward the mark, toward the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Forget the things that are behind me. I'm laying down. Listen, the, 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 as, he, uh, as he wrote to the Philippian church, this is the guy who was torturing Christians. He went with letters to carry them away to captivity. And he said, even I must forget the things that are behind me. 
even I must forget and put down the things that are behind me. Go ahead. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. Let me give you this. The Lord makes firm the steps of the good man. Steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Some, some scriptures, some passages or some translations say righteous man. Uh, the, the, the trouble with that, um, that statement there is that we forget that our righteousness is in Christ Jesus. And, and so the, the, the correct translation, the steps of a good man, don't even have to be a great guy. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord's. One who, listen, here's what's required. One who simply delights in him. How hard is that? Not that I get it right every time. Not that I make great decisions all the time. Not that I, not that I navigate life with all this great level of success. It's just that I delight myself in him. And he will order my steps. So it says this, I love this passage. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. Anybody here ever stumbled? For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And this is what the psalmist said, I am young and now I'm old, and yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. There are all, listen, they, listen, folks, you, you got to hear this. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. We like to quote that part, but finish the thought. They, the righteous, are always generous and lend freely, and their children will be a blessing. The righteous open up their vows of compassion and open up their life, and they are a wellspring poured out in the earth. The righteous are always generous and always lend freely. The righteous are not stuffy and stingy. That went over like a heavy balloon. Come on. Some of you believe that, and some of you are not quite sure about that because you're, because you're thinking, oh, oh, wait, wait, what's he saying? Yes, the righteous are always generous. So I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Do you, in fact, believe that God is ordering and has ordered your steps? Do you believe that God brought you to this day? He ordered your steps for you to be here in this moment. Do you, are you someone in the room that happens to think yourself unworthy of his love or unworthy of his blessing? I assure you that he makes you worthy. Not anything I did. <laughs> uh -uh. Did God bring you here in this moment? What do his plans for the kingdom of God to flow through you look like? The Lord wants to bring streams in the desert through your life. You are a life-giving tributary of the love of God. 
of the grace of God, of the mercy of God. You must become that in the earth. You can't do that from an injured place. You can't do that from a broken place. You can't do that effectively from a, from a feeble place. But he wouldn't have instructed us to walk in this way if he was not healing those places and bringing you to a place of strength in him. You are mighty men and women of God, full of the purposes of God. He brought you here to change your circle of influence, to change your community for the cause and the blessing of the kingdom of God. There are people around you that only your life can touch. Now listen, I want want you to hear a word that in many ways perhaps has been a bit misunderstood. Proverbs 24 and verse 15. How many know that thieves, people who are in the earth with the intent to do wickedness, probably aren't reading the Bible? But how many know that the enemy of your soul has read every word in there and knows exactly what it says? I want to hear this passage from that understanding. Do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Who do you think God is saying that to? I wonder, as the enemy absorbed the things that God said to us and, and took to heart so that he could do like you do with Eve and take God's words and twist them around in our mind and try to mess with our heads about the things that God said. But God said to him, do not lurk like a thief near the house of my kids. Are you hearing that? Do not lurk like a thief near the house of my little ones. Do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Do not plunder their dwelling place. Though the righteous fall seven times, even if you do something that causes them to stumble, they will rise again. This is what God has declared over you. If you have fallen, so be it. Rise again. Get up and declare, I will walk with him. I will fix my eyes on the prize. I will not look back. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The wicked stay down. I want you to hear that prophetically over your life. The Holy Spirit is saying to you, if you're, if you're in a place right now where you feel like you have stumbled and you have fallen and the enemy gets in, in your head and he tries to tell you that you're not worthy, the Spirit of the Lord says to you, stand up. A righteous man falls and he just gets up again. Verse 16 says, Though the righteous fall seven times. Doesn't mean the number seven. Seven in Scripture is a word of 
completion or thoroughness. And what that really means is as a result of an attack, if the righteous fall perpetually, if, if there's a guy who just can't get his strength and he falls over and over and over again, if he will get back up. That's all God is saying. Just get back up. I'm with you. Just get back up. I, I love the passage of Scripture that says his mercies are new every morning. You don't know how many times in my life after a difficult time and a difficult season that the sun rose and I got up and I said, thank God your mercies are new every morning. I'll not be the guy that I was yesterday. Your mercies are new every morning. I'm going to walk in the mercy of God today. And you know what God says in response to that? Come on, let's go. Isaiah 54 says, No weapon that is formed against you will succeed. He's not saying, he's not telling you that there are not times when the enemy forms weapons against you. Jesus said, In this life, you will have trouble. Don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. And essentially what he's saying is, if I can do it, you can do it. I've overcome the world. So Isaiah prophesied, no weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you condemn. Every tongue that rises in judgment against you, you condemn. Saints of God... We are in a new season of time in God where you open your mouth and you make declaration of your liberty and of your freedom and of your blessing, and those things follow you. Those things chase you down. Those things overtake you. You create with your words just like he said, let there be light. We're going to talk about that in some point in the future. But he says, every tongue that rises in, in judgment against you, you condemn. You call it down. Every word that someone spoke against you, that the enemy spoke against you, that you're not good enough, you tear it down. Everything that, that has been spoken in your life that is contrary to what God says against you, you take what God says to what God says about, about you, you take what God says about you, and you tear down the words that say otherwise. Listen to what he says. You condemn those words. This peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Your heritage is that when you speak what God speaks, the environments change. I'm going to let you absorb that for a minute. Your heritage from God is that when you speak what God speaks, the environment has to change. I didn't say might change. The environment has to change. What happens is we, you know, when, when Daniel prayed, the, the Bible says that God told him, the day that you, the day that you spoke to me, the answer was sent. 
But there was a war in the heavens that restricted the timing of that answer getting to you. And I want you to understand that when you speak, it is the heritage of the Lord that you speak blessing over your life and blessing begins to move toward you. You speak health over your life and health moves toward you. You speak freedom over your life and freedom begins to move toward you. And, and unless you speak what God speaks and you continue to speak what God speaks during that period of resistance, the enemy doesn't want good things, blessing of the Lord to chase you down and overtake you. I don't know why I'm looking over here. There must be really a move of God over here. It is your heritage to condemn the work of the enemy and to speak the blessing of God and to have what you say. It's not positive thinking. It's the word of the Lord. Although a little positive thinking won't hurt you either. So listen to this again. This peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their, this is their vindication from me. Did you hear that? His vindication in your behalf comes through your words. So I want to know something. I'm just going to ask you this as we finish up today. What are you willing to hold on to that will restrict the flow of God through your life at this time in history? Is there anything that has become so valuable to you and so important to you that you would hold on to it and restrict what God is trying to do in you? what God desires to accomplish in your life, what he desires to accomplish in the lives of those over whom you have influence. What are you willing to cast off? What are you willing to condemn? What are you willing to refute by faith? What are you willing to tear down that will free you to be the vessel through which the kingdom of God can flow? to our generation.